Hey guys, I am so excited for today's call. But before we begin, we have the founder of the Pageant Planet, Stephen Roddy, to feature our product of the week. So hey, Stephen, tell us what you've discovered this week. So Jesse, I'm really excited to make this announcement. Um, this week, we are launching shoutoutmodels.com. Now, Shoutout Models is um, a modeling agency that I created. And um, it, we initially launched it like a beta site about a year and a half ago. And it was like, it, it wasn't totally there. You know, I mean, the concept was there and everything, but we totally re-enhanced it. And now it looks super sexy. And basically what this site will allow girls all over the world to do is to create a free profile on Shoutout Models and apply to jobs all over the world. And it also allows businesses to post jobs, businesses like manufacturers at the world of prom, like if you want to go to the Atlanta Mart, or uh, businesses like Starbucks, Coca-Cola, who are always looking for brand ambassadors to hit on the local level, or different businesses that have trade shows, etc. All of these companies are doing and posting jobs on the site, and you whoever you are and wherever you are in the world can sign up and then apply to those jobs, no cost whatsoever, um, and get hired. So how does this really, because I think the word I've heard about shout out is it's going to revolutionize the modeling industry. How is that going to happen? Well, most girls, the traditional way of getting into modeling is you got to go get your headshots done go to an agency and kind of fingers crossed, like, please pick me, please pick me. So for us, we recognize the trend that mo businesses are looking for models of all shapes, sizes, colors, and even like they're looking for models with acne, cellulite, like, like models who are amputees, models with yellow teeth, models with white teeth, because you need models to promote products. So how it revolutionizes um, the industry is it does for models what uber did for like those drivers who are looking for a side hustle so if you're a model and you want to just get like one gig a month or one gig a year you put your profile on there and you determine what gigs like you accept and what gigs you reject and also where we differ from a modeling agency is with a traditional modeling agency you do a job and then you don't get paid for like 60 to 90 days later with shout out models you get paid within 48 hours after that because the business gives us our money up front we release the funds to you after you do the gig so it's right there um, so that's like just two ways and for the business perspective where it makes their lives so much easier is that what most businesses don't know is that traditional agencies will mark up the model so let's say a model makes a hundred dollars a day the agency will take 20 percent from that model and then it's not uncommon for that agency to mark that model up 20 additional percent and sell it to the business. So the business will pay the agency $120 for the day or for the hour for that model. And then the agency only has to pay the model $80. So the agency is basically making $40 a day or $40 an hour, however you do it. Most businesses don't know that. So with this, the business just puts what their budget is like, hey, here's model, like a typical day rate at Atlanta market is $250 a day. Um, last year we helped like um, a few of the designers get, I mean, about like a dozen models or so. But um, so you just can decide, yes, I want to do that job or no, I don't want to do that job. It's just as easy as that.
So I know social media plays a huge role in model and influencers that are hired today. So for those that are, say, rock stars on social media with a great following, how do they fit into all of this? So that's the shout out in shout out models. So businesses all over the planet are looking to hire social media influencers. Um, so if you have, I mean, even just as small as like a thousand or several hundred followers on uh, Twitter, Pinterest, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Snapchat, etc. You can put your profile on there and then just say, no, I'm not really interested in modeling. Um, I'm just interested in doing shout outs. So companies are also listing their jobs on there and saying, hey, we're willing to give $100 per shout out. I mean, there's celebrities out there and even like celebrities with inside the pageant industry that they could pay like $1,000 for a shout out on Instagram and like thousands of dollars. So that could easily be you, but you just don't know how to market yourself. And again, you can sign up for free, put your profile on there, put your social media stats, and the businesses can sort um, who you are and where you are and then contact you directly to say, oh my gosh, would you be willing to do a product demonstration and a shout out on your social media? And either you just say yes or no, like if you believe in the product and you want to represent it. Oh, I love that. So if someone wants to sign up, you said it's free, which is great. Where can they go to sign up? So you just go to shoutoutmodels.com and go there. And with a few clicks, you create your profile and you're off to the races. Oh, cool. I can't wait to see how many careers we launch with this, Steven. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be like so amazing. I'm telling you, like, like you have no idea. It's just so amazing. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, Steven. Thanks, Jesse. Welcome to the Pageant Planet Podcast, where we help you succeed in pageantry. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the call. Today, Jesse Ledoux and I, we are going to discuss what activities you need to do in the last seven days before your pageant to really ensure you're successful at the pageant. So, Jesse, welcome to the call and kind of kick us off and, and get the ball rolling. Hey, Steven. Thanks so much. So I see it all the time. A contestant does everything imaginable before the pageant to make sure they're prepared. But there are certain things that they are overseeing before they get there that make all the difference. I mean, I always say when I look at my earliest comp competition days and I see photos of myself on stage and I said, oh, my gosh, why didn't I look at myself in a mirror? Why didn't I do a full out dress rehearsal? Why didn't I double check this, et cetera, that I know impacted my score in a negative way? So it's almost that, OK, what can we prevent from being a negative impactor on your score before it happens? Gotcha. Yeah, kids, I mean, girls get that almost secondhand embarrassment, or I guess maybe it'd be firsthand embarrassment when they're watching the pageant video and it's like, oh, why did I do that on stage? So what are some practical tips? And, and let's just carve it down to uh, the first activity that you feel like girls should do prior to the pageant. Well, let's talk about the written form of competition. So most likely your pageant has some form of a resume, of paperwork, of platform statement, most of the time, the judges get that before they ever even meet you. Sometimes it's right right that day, which is fine, too. And we'll talk about how you can protect your reputation and your image. Um, if And this can be if your paperwork is due seven more than seven days before, rewind seven days from that deadline for this particular tip. Um, but have, I always say, five people read your resume and your platform statement. Don't have them all be pageant people. Maybe two pageant people, one a teacher 
one family member, one um, a confidant, a friend who's unrelated to pageantry, just so you get various different opinions. Because one thing I notice with pageant paperwork is you know what you're going to be expecting to read. So you're not as critical of grammar, spelling, punctuation, huge issue. And the other is you've put yourself so far in this pageant perfect box that you've lost your personality, which is why it's important to get those non-pageant individuals involved too. So they can say, hey, this doesn't sound like you. You're so much brighter in personality. You're so much more expressive and this really confines you. So before that pageant paperwork is due or you arrive at the pageant, make sure various sets of eyes have had a chance to skim through it. Yeah, I mean, if you're tight with one of your teachers, they're a great resource for grammar and of course like your boyfriend or your dad or your brother just like hey does this sound like me and like yeah <laughs> no <laughs> and whatever <laughs> i reread my okay. pageant paperwork from when i was seven because when i was 17 i won my first mao local and i didn't even know it went on to the state pageant they were like you're ready for state and i was like what state i had no idea so i was in for a shock of a lifetime and I remember rereading that resume years later when I was going to compete again at age 24. That's seven years of life development. And I was like, who the heck did I think I was? Because I was totally pre-qualifying what I thought they wanted. So just having that insight makes a world of difference. Gosh, I mean, I'm curious about that. When you looked back, was there one thing specific that, that popped out that you felt like that's not who I am, but that's who I thought that they wanted? Yeah, so there was one particular phrase, and I hear this ad nauseum, and Stephen, even though you haven't grown up in the pageant industry, I know you've heard it too, but I innocently was watching a Miss America pageant from like a decade before, literally, before I was competing, and of Miss America was on that, like they had a slideshow of her year, and she said, I always had a voice, but the crown gave me a microphone. And unbeknownst to me, that is the pageant cliche of all pageant cliches, and I thought it sounded great, and I used it in my pageant paperwork. And looking back, I said, oh my gosh, if I had a nickel for every time I heard that, I could buy a custom MacDougal gown um, of my choosing. And it's just stay away from cliches. And I granted, in my defense, I didn't know it was a cliche, but think about phrases that define you and you alone. I always say the more personal you get in your pageant paperwork, the better, the more specific, the more detailed, be a storyteller, because no one else can repeat those. And that's what will stand out in the judge's mind. So stay away from cliches, as difficult as it may be, because if you're saying it, I guarantee you there's somebody else saying it. Yeah, I mean, and I guess if you at gunpoint, you feel the need to put in a saying of some sort, make sure it's maybe one that you just say in your own household or that is organic to you that you have not heard in the pageant industry Yeah, because you're right. It's like, you just kind of roll your eyes like, Oh, okay. Another one. Um, and it does, it comes across as inauthentic because you're like, you borrowed that. You borrowed it. It's not you. You borrowed it. Yes. Okay. So that's paperwork. Um, what, what's next so let's, that you felt? Yeah, the easiest segue is interview. So whether you have a one-on-one -on -one interview round robin or you have a panel style interview where you're standing or sitting in front of a panel, I highly recommend setting up a tripod with your smartphone or your tablet or have a family member record you, but take it from where the judges would be sitting and do the full duration. So 
either have one person read you all the questions and obviously you're going to want to be surprised so you can see your own body language and your own nonverbals, but take it from their perspective. Oftentimes people take mock interviews that they practice in front of the mirror and you don't pick up on the same quirks you do when looking back at it. So that is a huge disservice contestants do for themselves is not recording themselves for our VIP clients. I always recommend they either record the audio of our session or they can screen record um, the Skype session. That way they can see my responses to them. They can see their own own body language. It just makes all the difference in the world. But if you're standing in your interview, make sure when you're doing all of your rehearsing, you're standing as well. That way you're not a deer in the headlights with, oh my gosh, how do I shift my weight? Where do I look? People get so overwhelmed in that moment and it can come across very awkwardly. So your best bet is to be proactive and do that mock interview in the same style and record it so you can watch it back. Yeah. I mean, I see that a lot of times right? Girls will practice their mock interviews in their gym clothes, pajama pants with their hair up in a sock bun. And then when the day comes, they're wearing a completely different outfit, full makeup, full hair, and they kind of turn in a little bit to a robot. They're not sure like, okay, how do I sit again without necessarily showing the world everything mm -hmm. or like uh, not even doing due diligence of like, if there is a podium there, how am I going to stand? Do you stand behind it, beside it? Mm -hmm. um, are you comfortable doing that? So uh, regarding like a full out dress rehearsal for mock interview, A, is that what you recommend? And B, like if you do recommend that, how many times should they do a full out dress rehearsal for the mock interview? Yeah, so I, I don't think it needs to be full on every time um, because for our clients, they have unlimited mock interviews. So we interview all the time. So that would be a lot of effort for them. And usually yeah. they're coming from the gym or coming from talent rehearsal and I don't want to cramp their style. I recommend two times. The first time you do it, one, is that dress comfortable? Is it going to itch your underarms? Is it going to distract you? Is it going to ride up as you're shifting your weight or you sit down? So one, that's a make or break. Is that dress going to work? Or I shouldn't say dress. I should say outfit. So your pantsuit, your jumpsuit, whatever you choose to wear for your interview based on what's appropriate for your system. And then I say the last time. And you're going to want to do full hair and makeup full accessories. And you're going to want to make sure that in the camera, especially if you have a great chunky necklace with a super simple sheath, and you also have opted for some bold earrings, are the earrings too much? You'll see it right there in that video. So that last time is really critical. Um, so I think the first time, make sure your wardrobe works and it's comfortable and it's not distracting for you or the judges. And the last time, full out hair and makeup, or you notice you do your hair down and you're constantly flicking it and touching it. Some people are chronic hair touchers. That's their nervous tell. And that's okay. That happens. We all have one. Mine is playing with my fingers. Um, so, but if yours is your chronic tick is fixing your hair and you wear your hair down, that is going to be such a detractor. I mean, we all know those people. So a great option for them would be to wear their hair up. So if that's the case and you're going to make a dramatic change in your image before interview, yes, you'll want to do one more um, dress rehearsal. But otherwise, I think the first and the last. Yeah, and keep in mind that if you're going to be sitting, like if your um, interview style is round robin and you know guaranteed you're going to be sitting, uh, don't sit on, let's say, your uh, – chair in your living room like your dad's lazy boy <laughs> because it's not going to translate the same like make sure you get a kitchen chair or something that's closely related to the type of chair that you would be sitting on in an interview room um i guess outside of oh yeah if you are a mock inter like a vip member it's wicked easy because if you have quick time you can just record the screen and you got it there you don't have to worry about setting up a camera yes um 
if you do set up a camera, you're kind of doing your own thing at your house, um, kind of a quick little hack with that is if you prop up your iPhone and then take your, your earbuds and put the microphone somewhat like in the middle ground between like you and the judges, um, it can pick up pretty well and kind of cancel out the, um, the background noise there. Um, Anything else that you recommend along that line? No, I just say that's the body language is so important and making sure that you're seeing it firsthand. I see girls that do these really choppy hand movements and they do them over and over. I see them not realizing what the power stances are. Um, so it's, and I see, like you said, if you're sitting in an interview, oftentimes you're not walking in and you're not practicing in your interview outfit and then practicing the sit. So whatever you imagine your interview doing, it should be full on 100% rehearsed from start to finish. Great. Okay. So what's next on the list? What's next on the list? So I already alluded to this earlier and that's putting on your full wardrobe and practicing in a space that gives you full reign. So you're not taking smaller steps. You're not confined in your space. And again, all important, have someone record you. Um, and that's for a couple different reasons and have them record you from different angles. I talked about the judge's perspective for interview. It should be the same for these onstage phases of competition. I, I remember my swimsuit. I mean, there's things you got to do for the girls during swimsuits, Stephen, lots of secrets that you'd never even imagine. And because that's of that, scandalous. my, the top wasn't sitting correctly on my body. And I didn't know that until, and I was bummed. I had worked my tail off for swimsuit and I wanted that prelim in the worst way. And everyone was like, oh, you look so great. You're my pick, which is the worst thing to say some, to someone after they don't win the prelim, in my opinion. But that's just me. Yep. So no, pictures and I'm like, oh my gosh, it was just such a nightmare. I worked so hard on my figure. I did not do a walkthrough. I did not do a video record. I mean, even if you're at rehearsals, have someone in the audience or another contestant that you trust record you and, and say, hey, I'll record you if you record me. It's a huge help. I just wish I had been able to see it. And I really felt like I missed the boat on a ton of points and potentially even a prelim win. So that is the worst feeling. And if you don't know that that happened until after the fact in your photos and like me, I aged out that year. That was the worst news I could have imagined to know that I left so many points on the table. So having that opportunity to have someone video or take photos of you. Uh, in different angles, different perspectives um, can really, I mean, it could be the difference of a top five and a top 10. Uh, agreed. I, so I, I don't know if it's common knowledge or not, but about let's see, three years ago, maybe four years ago, I did a fitness competition because obviously I've never competed in a pageant. Maybe it's not obvious, but I've never competed in a pageant. So I wanted to have a better understanding of what girls went through and their pageant prep and all that. So I decided to do a fitness competition and I, I was so focused on just getting my body right. And I, I looked like the best I've ever looked. And then I remember I didn't even practice my posing until like the morning of, I was just flying around to a bunch of different pageants. And I was, um, at the time I was negotiating a deal and it, all that was consuming my thoughts. And then the morning of my brother-in-law's was like, so like walk through your posing routine. Let me see it. I'm like, dang, you know what? I, I don't know what I'm going to do. So, so I just like Google, like YouTube the video and um, like just ran through it like one or two times, no idea or anything. And honestly I could, by looking at myself and like there was 40 other guys there and there was probably two of them that I felt like, yeah, they definitely have a better body than me. But the guy who won, he 
was not on the list. Like, but his posing was amazing. Like how he presented his body. And, um, I, I got like out of the 40 guys, I got like 10th or 11th. They don't really, it's kind of different how they did it. Um, and, but everybody who got like in the top five placement, cause basically, you know, who got top five and everybody else it's, you had to log online to see where you ended up. Um, but all five of those guys were amazing at the presentation of their body, but the five of them, I wouldn't have picked that they had the best bodies. And to me, that was a big eye opening experience is this, like they clearly worked on their pose, had a coach, was looking in the mirror, probably some video, et cetera, to like fine tune the presentation. So long winded way of saying totally get it. Um, and had I had the posing like you I probably would have done a lot better. Yes. And I mean, if you, if we transition from swimsuit to evening gown, so, um, Miss America state season is underway. So I have obviously been stalking like crazy. Well, stalking is a, sh- a strong word. Um, investigating is probably more, more appropriate to say. <laughs> more pageant appropriate. But yeah, one of, I mean, if anyone who knows me know that this is one of my major pet peeves, it's poor alterations. So this is a really easy transition. This is not just for evening gown. It's for all phases of competition, but I score girls way down. If you're, if your pageant gown, wardrobe, interview outfit isn't fitted to perfection, because that's something a hundred percent in your control. And if you're not being meticulous in your wardrobe choices, which for the most part are the majority of your scores, again, it's the presentation behind it, but I don't want to be distracted by gaping or bunching or anything flopping in the wind, whatever that may be. It's just not a good look. So I suggest taking your alterations to the seams or taking your items to the seamstress saying, okay, this is what I have. I have, I'm going to be, my body's going to be changing because for the most part, you're probably going to be working out or getting ready for your pageant and whatever that fitness routine is like and say, how long will all of this take? What is the dead last day I can bring this in? Because I see it time and time again, contestants lose weight through distress, being busy, all of those things. And then they come out and if they have a long sleeve gown and that, that sleeve has extra room, it's going to make you look bulky and it looks ridiculously unkempt. So it's those really, really meticulous details. So I, I know my seamstress so well at this point that I, I go to her within a week and I say, Hey, I need this done. Can you do it by this date? And she usually can do it for me because I'm one of her best customers, but take, have that open dialogue with the seamstress, say, what's the latest this can be done. And then within that last seven days of you leaving for the pageant, that's when you should be at the seamstress. And then if she needs to do any extra nips or tucks in that last seven days, she has time to do it. He or she. Um, the two things around that one, like our pageant predictions are like on fire. Like people are like predicting so many, cause like we have all the state titles up there and it's awesome to see people like engaging and interacting with that section. Um, and then with that, I, I want you to tell everyone like what you do at your like Miss America parties and stuff. I thought that that was both like so funny and cute. Oh, at my Miss America parties? Yeah, like we're, well, I, I should probably direct you a little bit more, but where you make a list of the contestants and like score them and like notes and oh, all that. So this was actually, um, 
probably, gosh, it was so probably a decade ago. I, I would rewatch all of the videos of past pageants and I would write down, okay, who wore a long sleeve, who wore their hair up, who had an A-line gown, who had a fitted gown, who had a mermaid gown, who had a strapless gown, who had a colored gown. So it was just like, I was analyzing to the nth degree and it was just so interesting to see the difference between the title holders year after year and then girls that took risks that paid off and girls that took risks that they probably didn't think through 100%. Not that they didn't look fantastic, but it really didn't suit them or their brand or wasn't executed properly. So I am all for taking risks. I mean, I competed in a no frills, no sequins, no stone gown. And in the pageant world, um, I guess when I was crowned in 2013, that was like a, a no-no. Um, so I love a girl that takes risks, but you need to do it flawlessly and it needs to make sense. So it was so it was so analytical. And even still, when I have pageant parties here, usually Stephen, you and I are at the pageant, so it's a little more difficult now to do those. Um, but we always are talking during commercial breaks on what we liked, what we wished that contestant maybe would have considered otherwise, what silly mistakes that could have been avoided, just like we're talking about today, really could have hurt a contestant. I mean... They're all things that come into play and you can mitigate your risk so much by being not overly critical, but objectively critical. So look at look at your wardrobe, look at your paperwork like a judges, like a judge would see it and say, OK, is this the best rep representation of me? And is there nothing distracting them? And that's the biggest thing. That's what these mistakes lead to. Poor, poor tailoring, poor posing poor resume skills. I mean, it's distraction from what the content is and what you're all about. And that's what will number one be a driver of downward scores. Yeah. And all that analyzing, I mean, you're just grooming yourself and this wealth of knowledge so that you can help like hundreds and thousands of girls like win. It's kind of cool. It's, it's super yeah. fun. And Steven, you and I talked about before Miss USA, about what girls should be looking for when they're watching a national pageant or they're watching any pageant, whether a video of a local or state that you've seen, what are you looking for when you're watching these? I mean, that's another thing you can do within the seven days is get last year's pageant video and watch it, whether you're in it or not. So see if, I mean, you're lucky if the stage is gonna be the same, that's not often the case, but see the walking patterns, see if there are turns that really looked great, see if there are turns that were really out of control. How can you control your own body? Are they staying too long on their X's? Are they staying long enough? I mean, that's the kind of analytical mind you have to bring to competition. And not just because I want you to overthink it, but because I want you to feel totally confident when you get there that you don't need to be thinking about those things. They should be done. Like once you get to the pageant, the hard work is over. You should go on autopilot, but it's those preparation skills that you're instilling in yourself the months, weeks, days before the pageant that will truly pay off. Totally agree. Okay, so what's next on the list? What's next on the list? So the last and most important component, we can talk about this for hours upon hours, is the mental preparation you can do the seven days before. So there was a couple other things that I think you can delegate seven days before. If you have a cheering section, whether it's of one or 100, Talk to that person, or at least one person takes the lead. Make sure they have what they need. If they're going to be making buttons, do they have the right photos? If they're going to be making signs. Do you know what they're going to be using? I mean, you're going to want to probably approve the photo that they'll be using. Make sure they have what they need. But at that point, I want you to say, okay, that was really fun. Good luck. I can't wait to see it when you're done. That's not something that you want to be burdening yourself with. 
again, appoint one person to really take charge and know that when, again, whether it's one or 100, that you're going to be showered and supported with 100% love when you're on that stage. So pick a person that's leading the way and leave it to them. So that can be a huge distractor. People are so focused on the signs and all of the banners and the excitement. But I mean, it's really not your thing to focus on. You got too many other things to worry about. Totally. And something around the mental preparation, which I found was fascinating. I was watching Pumping Iron with um, Arnold Schwarzenegger and um, about his like bodybuilding days and like seven time like Mr. Olympia, which is still the record by a country mile, I think. Um, but he like leading up to each of the competitions would allow zero negativity in his life. And he really took it to the extreme. Like, so his girlfriend would fight with him or get mad at him or whatever. And he's like, I'll deal with it after competition. Like he just would not like just hang up on her. Just wouldn't talk to her. Um, got to the point where his dad died and he told his mom can't come to the funeral. You know, dad is, dad is gone. Like I would deal with it after the competition. So took it to the ultimate extreme, but he just wouldn't allow any negativity to get inside of his space before he's competing. So he could walk and walk in and just be entirely focused. Now, um, whether like regardless of what extreme like you take it, I think that there is something to say with protecting your space leading into competition. Mm-hmm. So you don't allow any doubt or allow anything to like bring you down. So if someone's gossiping or you have that friend that just really like rubs you the wrong way or that person that isn't enthusiastic about the industry of pageantry or your goals within pageantry, do whatever it takes. Don't talk with them until after the pageant. <laughs> Because you don't want anything creeping in that will chip away at your self-esteem and potentially rob you of the crown that you've worked so hard. Um, the same can be said for like message boards. Um, like stay off of them. They're not gonna. They're not gonna do anything. Yes, definitely something to keep in mind. And it's if you haven't listened to our Amanda Moreno podcast. Um, talking about preparing for interview, um, the next step feeds into that as well. Just find things that put you in a comfortable space that entire week because it can be overwhelming. And that checklist can look really daunting. So if you need to take five minutes, and we talk about in that Amanda podcast that we have, Stephen, about finding your anthem, finding that song, finding a playlist, put that together in that last seven days and make it a priority to if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you are feeling stressed, Hit play, put your headphones in for just five minutes. Let one of those songs like really take you to a good place. Remind, remind yourself of why you're here, what your goal is, what your plan is, and, and reconnect because it can be so exhausting and so intimidating that you just need that outlet sometimes. Yeah, and you shared like an embarrassing song during that like <laughs> podcast episode that you're like that you listen to, which I won't repeat, but. The embarrassing one that I listened to, not always, but like at the time, like when I was, um, I was going in and I was negotiating a big deal and I was a really, um, I was just kind of nervous and second gousting myself. And so the song I listened to was, uh, the Miley Cyrus song where she said, um, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. That is that is a really uplifting song, though. In your defense, yeah, it's one of the best. 
Yeah. And I was like, I mean, she walked in. She was like, I mean, everybody seems so famous and all that kind of stuff, right? And I was like, yes, this is my jam. <laughs> oh, wait, do you mean Party in the USA? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, Party in the oh, USA. I'm God, sorry. Yeah, not to climb. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, if those of you listening, the climb, if you, if you like a slow, uplifting building song, no pun intended for the climb in the building, but oh my gosh, that's so funny that yours is Party in the USA. I love it. Yeah, I can't say that as now. Like now, I have a different um, anthem, but uh, th- that was one that got me through the deal. And we closed the deal, so it was it was good. But um, yeah, I, I didn't even know the name of it. Um, so when you said the climb, I actually thought I was like, okay, yeah, that, that's go the with one. it. But okay, go with it. Um, all right. So long story short, like the last seven days. You want to really self-analyze mm-hmm. and make sure that you're not leaving any points on the table yes, um, so that you just don't walk away without the crown. And that's why we do all these podcasts and uh, four articles a day on Pageant Planet and gosh, like dozens of posts a day across all social media channels. We want to help you win. So follow these tips and bring it home. Yes. And if you uh, are not already subscribing to our pageant preparation timeline, which is free, F-R-E-E, free. Um, you totally should be because if you get to the last seven days and your to-do list is longer than these things, you've probably missed some steps along the way. So your quickest and easiest resource is to use that pageant prep timeline. Again, it's free. Can I say it enough? I don't know if I can, but it's, if you go to pageantplanet.com, it's under freebies and you can just sign up for it and you get routine emails checking in on where you are, whatever particular stage of your prep you're in. So those really should be the ones that we just talked, the items we just talked about really should be the last things you need to do. All of the hard stuff should be taken care of. These are when you're dotting your I's and crossing your T's. So at that point, all the hard work should be done. That's so great. Thanks, Jesse. Thanks, Stephen. Want to ask your questions to the title holders and professionals we interview? Become a VIP girl today and get unlimited coaching from the pageant planet. Plus, ask as many questions as you'd like for only $47.